Welcome, dear listener, to Weekend at Crombie's 2, The Legend of Crombie's Gold. Season 3, The Best of the West, Episode 11, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Welcome, dear listener, to Weekend at Crombie's 2. I'm Hugh. People are not ferrets. And I'm Dr. James Evans, Esquire. When a cowboy trades his spurs for wings. Oh, marvellously played. I can, <laughs> I can see you're going to lean into the musical nature of this episode. <laughs> but we oh, are dear. doing that. So we are continuing our romp through the Westerns. So we're now in yeah. the 2010s. Yes, we are. The Ballad we, of Buster Scruggs. We've almost made it to the other side of the frontier, haven't we? Oh, the Pacific Good Ocean grief. is glimmering <laughs> in the in the distance. Indeed, and indeed. I'm sure when we get there, we will plunge ourselves into it, never to be seen again. <laughs> we've completed spend, our trail. the fortune we've made. That's what we'll be doing. <laughs> it's such a girl. We have some parish notices to announce because in December, we are doing another special called oh. The Twelve Days of Crombie. As you may guess, as you may guess, it is 12 Christmas films released one day after another for the 12 days of Christmas that we have been recording. And so the reason I mention it now is firstly, so you can tune your podcast and accordingly. And the second is, even though it's been a month since you've heard us speak, we've been pretty much reviewing films nonstop. (laughs) So if you're wondering why we might sound a bit jaded and fed up of talking to each other. Yeah, Yeah. this is the sixth this month. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Most of my life is now just discussing Christmas movies with James. Yeah, and let's 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 just um, give a flavour of this to oh, the listener, on. Hugh. Um, we started in September, <laughs> <laughs> so we were, we were having a good old Christmas uh, film fest in September. That is, uh, you know, and if if a if if a, a series of Christmas films. Uh, a film, uh, Christmas podcast sounds as fun as it does. Imagine how much fun it was actually recording them in <laughs> September. <laughs> <laughs> but notwithstanding, so wait for that. That's coming. Yeah. Very excited about that. Now, however, will also... Coming, will that be coming the, on the 12th day before Christmas? Yes, it's working on the yes. 12th or 13th. So leading yeah. all up to Christmas Eve, you will have a Christmas film a day. Isn't that nice? It's like half an advent calendar, isn't it? Exactly. It's the, so if you've got an advent calendar, tear it in half, keep the bottom <laughs> half, and you can open the days along with the podcast. Make it, make it a bit of festive fun for yourself. Yeah. But, however, the second thing I wanted to point out is tonight we are doing The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which is a Coen Brothers film, uh, very much a Western, part of our Western romp. And I will say that this was my suggestion, and I had no idea what the movie was. And the fact it was a Western, it was a Coen Brothers, so I, mm. I was interested. I had no idea what it was, but I will say, before we get to the, the, um, the synopsis or the analysis, I will say... I cannot believe I couldn't have picked a more appropriate Western because the only preparation you can make for watching this movie is to watch every Western <laughs> made <laughs> since true, 1930. <laughs> so now, so we could not be better prepared yeah. to watch this movie. It's true, isn't it? We almost should have watched this movie last. That's the well, only no, 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 concession. No, no, no. What are I thinking now? Because now we get to you know, reset with well, you know, the Western of the future. Oh, we, that's we, true. We've, we've it? closed yeah. it off and now we're, we're setting forth once more. The circle once again goes around. But this is a, a fantastic good. penultimate episode. Almost like we planned it, although we completely didn't because we, we changed it at the last minute. We did change it at the last minute. And actually, I'm with you, Hugh. I didn't know anything. I mean, I, I knew of the film, yeah. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I knew nothing about what it was about. 
Yeah. So which let's... is very very good. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll should we crack in. I'll, I'll do a whistle stop tour of the plot because yeah. one of the one of the things I discovered about this movie yeah. is is in fact made up of six short vignettes, about about thirty it's... minutes to twenty minutes each. It's an anthology film, isn't it? It's an anthology film of six different stories. Um, yeah. The, um, all of which are westerns, which is good. All of which are in very different styles and tones, which we can get into. Uh, you you can yell out as I rattle through, but we can go into the analysis of particularly what they are. But um, to begin with. We have the the eponymous ballad of Buster Scruggs, mm. um, where Buster Scruggs, uh, played by Tim Blake Nelson, is a uh, it's a very almost a light tone. Uh, Buster Scruggs is a singing cowboy. He kind of ambles in on his horse. He's dressed in you know, pure white, and he is almost cartoonishly good at everything. He can he, sing. He breaks he can the shoot. fourth wall a lot as well, doesn't he? He, he, he chats to them. Um, <laughs> he's, he's an expert gun shooter, and he's quite jolly about how you know he guns down outlaws or people who've done him wrong. You know, he goes to a cantina and he guns them all down. He goes to a um, a, a saloon where a big guy named Surly Joe insists played he plays, by Clancy Brown, played by the, Clancy Brown, the Kraken in yeah. Highlander, <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, and the warden in uh, in Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, well, they, that too, lots of feel good roles. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> was he the Kraken? You mean the? He wasn't called the Kraken, was he? Yeah, that was his name, the Kraken. He wasn't the Kraken. It was. He, I thought we had a um. Maybe I've made that. Up. The Kraken is a sea monster. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I'm sure he was called the Kraken. And he was like the Kurgan or something. The Kurgan, that's the Kurgan. it. Not the Kraken. Yeah, the Kraken's like a, an octopus or something, isn't it? It is, yeah. But uh, thank you thank you for taking us down this little the slide. Kurgan. The Kurgan. The <laughs> Kurgan. Five more vignettes to go, folks. <laughs> so he managed it. There's a wonderful way because Clancy Brown is facing him down and he manages to, to, he slams the table into his gun, which goes up into his head. So he basically yeah. commits suicide. And then he breaks into a Malayne Dietrich song about Curly Joe, Surly Joe. Uh, Joe, sung yeah. to the same tune as when Destry Rides Again, my yes. singing Little Joe. Um, <laughs> now, the irony is that Destry Rides Again isn't one of the films that we've reviewed, <laughs> yeah. but we have watched it because it's we the, the so, Western, isn't it? Yeah. And so then, um, Buster again, he goes out and faces down Surly Joe's brother, guns him down with contemptuous ease before a, a young harmonica playing cowboy. The comes kid. Up. The kid who, uh, again, and he's playing harmonica as if the spaghetti rest is taking over the uh, the more yeah, Roy yeah. Rogers era. And um, and sure enough, again, almost with uh, the uh, dramatic inevitability, the uh, the old cowboy gets gunned down by the kid. Um, he does. But Bester still seems quite chipper about it because his ghost pops up and rides to heaven singing his final song. Yeah, when and, a cowboy trades his spurs for, for wings. And I've got to say, I absolutely loved that song. Really? Yeah, it was brilliant. I've actually down. I love it. I've downloaded it. I'm listening to it loads. Well, I mean, I I also love all the songs. I'm surprised that you love any songs, but <laughs> because <laughs> no, this, this, this it's a lovely ways, it's a lovely song. It is. This is in many ways. It's it's a very musical film. There's like eight it or is. nine songs in it. It's it's very yeah. diegetic. So all the songs are it's usually. It's not a musical though, is it? But the, no. it, yeah, it's very diegetic. It's, you yeah, say it's, it's not a musical. We, we've had the Surly Joe song where Buster was literally lifted onto the bar by Patrick. <laughs> yes, yes, I suppose. I suppose but, that's but, right, isn't it? Actually, in the reality of Buster Scruggs, it's diegetic. He is doing that. Yes, he um, is. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, yeah. It's not theatrical. It's not staged. Absolutely theatrical. Well, it's, yeah, okay. I, it is very theatrical, but it's not. You know, it, it's not fossy or all yeah. that jazz, is it? In the, in the same way that Malena Dietrich's Little Joe, she was singing to the bar. She wasn't performing a musical song. She was no, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, so that so that is the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Very light, very very um yeah. very jolly and uh, and very nice. Next, we go to uh, Nia Algodones. Um, oh, nicely is... pronounced. I was wondering how you pronounce that. Pronounce how you say it. I was going to say Al. Uh, Al Jodneys. <laughs> Al Jodneys. 
um, this is this is much more of the uh, the western as the um, this is the spaghetti western almost, isn't it? It's it is, and it's uh, because again we mentioned as Buster Scruggs rides in, he's riding through Monument Valley essentially. So that's, yeah, that's oh yeah, we've seen that's it again. The, yeah, we've seen lots of Monument Valley. This actually, I noticed the hills are quite low and Italian oh, looking. Yes, um, yeah, that's what yeah. I noticed as well, and the setting the. The, the bank in the middle of nowhere looks very Italian almost, doesn't it? Yeah. That setting, doesn't it? It yeah. reminded me a lot of um, A Fistful of Dollars. Yes. And uh, and so the young cowboy played by James Franco tries to rob a bank. Um, the, the the bank teller is, is, is was comically jolly about how many times he's tried to be robbed and how many, <laughs> yeah. uh, how, and how many bank robbers he's killed in the attempt. And the, the like cowboy... The, he, talk, he talks yeah. about how he's had to clear up urine and... <laughs> No, is there like I, I, I shot one and I took the legs off another one. I had to heat, yeah. you keep them up for three weeks till like a sheriff could come. Yeah. I was getting free women board off me. So the, it's funny, the cowboy doesn't seem to take alert to the fact this this teller is quite blase about killing bank robbers. Yeah, so he tries exactly. to rob him, um, yeah. at which point the bank robber kind of sets off this entire shotgun trap and then hunts him down, um, having got rid of his clothes and replaced it with a collection of saucepans. Um, <laughs> it's a as pan body hit. Yeah. It's a pan hit. So every time the cowboy shoots him, you hear this ting, it's gone off a saucepan, and he shouts, pan yeah. shot, and runs towards him. So it's it's very much, you know, how uh, how the man with no name protected himself, taken to the most comical extreme. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the cowboy is clobbered. Um, he next wakes up, he's on a horse with a noose around his neck, about to be hung by the posse. Then uh, Indians attack and kill all the posse, and he's just left there, um, which the, the Native, Native Americans think is very funny. Um, but yeah, they do, don't they? But he's, he's saved by a cattle drover who's uh, who rescues him. Yeah. And as the cattle drover's taken, he suddenly sees another posse arriving. The cattle drover lights off of the hills. Up, he's a rustler. He's a rustler. And so this poor cowboy is now left in charge of the stolen cows. I liked his... I liked his um I liked his trial yes. as well. <laughs> it's like this guy was uh, he's caught with a load of load of um uh cows that's what they are aren't they yeah they're cows <laughs> they're cows yeah what was he rustling that wasn't oh, that's good enough for me hang him <laughs> <laughs> and so this this guy's put on the in the town gallows now rather than out, out in the, by a tree and he's he's must a line of people about to be hung and he just turns to the man sobbing next time and goes is it first time <laughs> and then he, he sees a, an attractive lady and then the, the hangman Pulls the, the lever and down he goes and crunk. We, uh, we get cast the black, but our, our second protagonist is dead. <laughs> There's a lot of death in this film. Isn't There's it? a lot of death. Now, you said the, the second one was a spaghetti western. Our third one, Meal Ticket, uh, strikes me of a spaghetti western in the style of Le Grand Silencio. Yes, I agree with that as well. It's, it's and not, it's very cynical and nihilistic, isn't it? It's dark. Well. It's the yeah. darkest of the lot um, because yeah, it, it, is, is. it is simply about a travelling um, theatre man, um, played by Liam Neeson, who basically sets up, he travels from camp to camp, setting up his stall, and his stall is um, a young man with no arms or legs, but a fantastic uh, speaking voice. He's an orator, isn't he? And, he, um, he, does, yeah. he does everything. He does, does speeches. the Shakespeare, gets, the Gettysburg Address, Ozymandias, which is... Bible what, readings, yeah, Ozymandias yeah. is what begins with, so he does everything, and the crowd is in chant, and, and they give money in the hat, and this kind of stuff. Yeah. It is, they, it's incredible, isn't it? <laughs> it is very good. And you've got to think, there's no telly in these camps, it's like, that's pretty yeah. good stuff. It's true, yeah. Um, yeah. And the actor's obviously from Harry Potter as well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, I can place that. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> I can't it's, remember his name, though. But... Dursley, 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 Dursley. Like Harry Harry's cousin. The, the, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's uh, I was thinking he's lost a lot of weight. I mean, he's lost his arms and legs. And that, that, that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I suppose that, that would lose you a lot of weight, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> they don't advertise that on Weight Watchers. <laughs> need to lose three pounds in a hurry. Yeah, exactly. Up. You, 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 but you, you still might get diabetes. <laughs> There's a lot of pressure on weighing day. Just hack a limb <laughs> yeah. off. You'll make your target. But anyway, so this, this and, and we see this this theatre man impresario is caring for him. He's kind of feeding him because of course Liam Neeson. 
yeah, this man is helpless. So Liam Neeson is feeding him and he's, he's caring. He's like, he's going holding to the him. toilet with him, isn't he? Exactly. Yeah. A lot of care. And we, and we do learn at one point um, when Neeson goes to a brothel um, to take, because he's, he's finally taking care of stuff. He like carries his man on his back and yeah. sets him, kind of faces him away as he takes care of business. But the, um, the, the prostitute mentions like, does, does he want to go? And he goes, no, I tried it once. So he's almost like mm. he's tried to cater for his, all his needs because mm. it didn't go well. Um, but then, um, as you go around camp to camp, the money starts drying up. Yes, like, the, the audience is dwindling. The novelty's wearing off, and the, and people just aren't that interested anymore. So the, the money's not coming in. But as luck would have it, for some, um, Lee needs <laughs> this, spots, is, and... this is so nihilistic. This this section oh, no. of the film. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's the it's the darkest point. And a new attraction has been seen. It's a chicken that can do arithmetic. <laughs> So they see a chicken running around and yeah. people yell out sums and the chicken taps them. Um, and there's, there's, you know, the, the crowd is throbbing, isn't it? It's, it's I mean, a... who wouldn't? Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> Give me a chicken that can count any day. So uh, Liam Neeson immediately buys this chicken and adds yeah. it to his repertoire. And as they're going along, um, they, uh, again, they, uh, he's, he's the, the, the chicken and the man with the arms and legs is in the back. We should mention the man with the arms and legs never speaks unless he's performing. Yeah. They, they, they have time together when he's being fed or whatever, but he, he is utterly silent, silent mm. except when he's on when he's actually performing. So we actually didn't know his kind of cognitive capacity. Um, and the fact he looks a bit nervous when the when the the wagon stops over a bridge. Well, as he should be. <laughs> and and, and Lee, the, the impresario gets out and drops a very large stone off the bridge to see how deep the water is. And don't forget, this is in the depths of winter. It's snowy yeah. everywhere. Yeah. It looks yeah. terrific. It's grim. It's dark. It's, yeah. So having gauged the water is pretty deep, he then goes back to the man and picks him up. And the next thing we see... Well, we is don't his... see him pick him up, though, do we? He goes we see towards him smile. Him. He's, oh, that's it. He smiles, doesn't he? That's yeah, which is even worse, almost. This, this macabre smile towards yeah. this, this man. And then the next scene, he's going away in the wagon and in the back is just the chicken just the chicken <laughs> cut to um the most beautiful scene of it it's 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 yeah. almost it's, it's back to the very frontier of the west it's the frontier it's, spirit isn't it this exactly. is the one we're looking at now yeah the old gold yeah. canyon exactly it's kind of a bit of the gold of madras in there of the old prospect yes, but uh, but a very so. much of kind of like the untamed wilderness because yeah. it is exactly that we see a, ca- a beautiful canyon um with you know, the deer and the birds and the, yeah the it's idyllic grass. isn't it i mean it's it's overly idyllic isn't it it represents the image of what the frontier west it's insanely would have idyllic. Been. yeah yeah, yeah it is, <laughs> and it is. along comes a prospector who sees, oh, has an eye for this and seems to see by the geology that if he digs around enough he should spot a gold vein which he refers to as mr nugget or um, mr yeah. mr pocket mr no, pocket. mr pocket he calls it mr. yeah i'm pocket. gonna find you mr pocket yeah so he um, played by tom waits played by tom waits um who doesn't say much but what he does say is of course um, gravelly <laughs> yeah, very <laughs> growly. yeah he's true, isn't it? i and think so, the last time i saw tom waits in a film was as van helsing in um francis ford coppola's bram stoker's dracula <laughs> that he wasn't van helsing that was anthony hopkins Oh, not Van Helsing. No, I, who's can, the... I can do an Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. No, so I'm getting them all wrong today, aren't they? Kraken, Van Helsing. Uh, Renshaw, sorry. Renfield? Renfield. <laughs> Renshaw sounds like a character from um, The Life and Death of Reginald Perrin or something, doesn't it? <laughs> Damn your eyes high, you're all the bad vampire. You're all the demons, sir. We were talking about Tom Waits Tom and Waits. So, uh, All yeah. Gold Canyon. So in, in pretty much silence, apart from a few matters to himself, um, the, the, the prospector... Tears up the canyon, basically mm. digging holes all over it. Finds what he's looking for, digs deep, and finds in Mr. Pockets gold with quartz, well, quartz yeah. covered gold. Quartz co- yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks great, doesn't it? But but what what's what's very pointed about this is that although he digs up the the area around the um, the stream, um, he does it in a methodical way and a respectful way, doesn't he? It's not just random. 
Well, no, I'd say I'd say yes, methodical, not respectful, because it is. He's he's going left to right. He's going. He's he's he's, he's triangulating oh, where the gold is. is, and he's been being yeah. he's been scientific because he apparently. Cause I I love this because I learned a lot about prospecting, how you'd actually find stuff. Yeah, I learned a lot in this. Yeah, because he was, he was <laughs> panning for gold flakes. I thought, why is he not keeping these flakes? Telling yeah. the flakes will indicate where the yeah, main where the, where the main deposit is, is yeah. but you've got to narrow it down to where the where the thing is, and then triangulate in. So it was yeah. very. But no, in terms of, of of respectful, no, he basically just digs a hole, dumps well, it. Digs a whole what I mean by that, there's a scene in it where he is hungry and he's looking to to get the. There's an owl, isn't there? And yeah, it's yeah. got it's got some owlets in it, or un, unhatched owlets. So he goes to 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 take all the eggs and he sees yeah. the owl watching him, so he puts them all back except for one. Yes, no, I suppose that's true. Yes, he do, he does respect in that nature. Um, but so once once he's dig his hole, bam, he's shot in the back by uh, yeah. a desperado who's been yeah. stalking him, ready to just wait for him to do all the work and then steal his gold. And this is a horrible scene as well because he shoots him in the back and you see the blood seeping into his clothes. And yeah. then and then the the, the the bloke very slowly rolls a cigarette and lights it. It's, oh, it's grim. <laughs> Yeah, as if he's like waiting for the blood to stop pulsing yeah. so he can tell he's dead. So he, he jumps down once he's pretty sure he's dead, but he's not a great judge of death because the spectre <laughs> is not dead. He does not judge death well. No, the spectre's <laughs> not dead. Basically clobbers him, wrestles the guy yeah. off, shoots him many, many times, so he's taking no chances, um, and then works out that, in fact, he was shot cleanly. A bullet went right yeah. for him, didn't hit anything important. And he, so he starts wailing about this. You didn't hit anything important. You only hit guts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So he's overjoyed by this. He he digs out the rest of his gold, loads it onto his mule, and off he goes. Um, Indeed. And, was, and, and when he leaves, all of all of the animals and the flora and fauna come back, don't they? Yeah, they do. But I did notice that again. That's that patch of the wilderness is has been torn up and a corpse has been deposited. <laughs> yes, so it's, it's, it's not quite the old and spoiled wilderness. No, it isn't. Was. And this, I suppose, yeah, it's still saying that there is there is blood even yeah. in this most beautiful part of the West. Yeah. So, that, so that's, our, that's our prospector and mm. Team 21. Now yeah. it's the wagon train one. Yeah. So, um, I mean, if, which... if the meal ticket story was the most nihilistic, I think this is the saddest. Oh, I was going to say the same thing. Yes, this broke my heart. Broke it my heart did, too. me too. Oh, my I was goodness. gutted at the end of this. <laughs> oh, and it, yeah. Um, yeah, which, I know. It, I, I, mean, I almost, I, this is the one story. I just wanted it to work out okay. Yeah, yeah. So, oh. so uh, it's a, a, a brother and sister of grown-ups um, are, are heading um, to Oregon by wagon train. The brother is kind of that inept um, kind of tenderfoot you'd imagine and his yeah. sister is kind of that put upon you know, her eyes always down um, yeah. they've also got a, a, a small dog called President Pierce that just yap yap yaps all the time yeah. um, very quickly the brother dies of like consumption or something he basically or cholera yeah. he just keels cholera, over isn't it? and and Alice his sister is kind of left in a bit of a pickle because yeah. firstly they, they either he had no money or they buried the money with him because they didn't realize to check his body for yeah. it um, and she's got a kind of ranch hand who's managing her wagon that has been promised four hundred dollars yeah. um, high price is, it's high, high price. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what the, the, the two, basically the wagon masters who yeah. are in charge. When they she, can't she comes believe up, it, can they? Yeah, it's um, it's Mr. Knapp and Mr. Uh, Mr. Arthur. Um, yeah. Which she says, uh, he promised me five $400. And the, and the, the old one, the, actually the young one, Mr. Knapp, is going to like, whoa. Oh, yeah, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the old and, one is very high price. <laughs> yeah, he's just, he's just stuffing beans in his mouth going, high price. <laughs> <laughs> That's a high price. And she's like, yeah, she's in despair. Like, what, what can I do? What can I do? Just high price. <laughs> Um, but basically, yeah, so um, uh, Mr. Knapp, Billy Knapp, as he uh, says to him, um, basically is, is very... Well, they, they've been warming to each other, haven't they? Because um, first of all, Mr. Knapp and Mr. Arthur, they bury her brother, don't yeah, they? Yeah, that's a decent thing. They, 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 the, they, they have a duty of care, I guess. Yeah. And then... They and have been... Yeah. The, the dog has been annoying the other uh, wagoners, yeah. and so Mr. Knapp agrees to put it out of its misery, but, well, but it this, escapes. Yeah, but this is, this is hilarious, is that um, <laughs> the... Um, 
the, the dog has been annoying everyone and everyone assumes because it's a small yappy dog it must be Alice's and he's like no it's not mine it's my brother's I don't like the dog and he goes oh that is much easier yeah. may I put him down for you <laughs> she's yeah, like, she's like right. please <laughs> uh, and, but, so, uh, but he, he takes her away over the hill and, and shoots several times and says oh he got away I don't think he's dead at all I think here that Mr. Knapp let him go I think so too because he's yeah, soft hearted yeah yeah, yeah yeah that's exactly fatally what so as it seemed because yes. um, so and again we will say that actually this is why it breaks out you really take to these characters so billy do, Knapp is is you that do. quintessential kind of he's a roughneck but he has manners he know he knows when he's around genteel people he can act so, genteel. yeah yeah i know i know it's not quite the same film but he reminded me a lot of henry fonda in my darling clementine it he was principal mm. but warm well i was um, thinking again he's, he's very much like a clint eastwood character again in in um, rawhide or, or wagon train it's that kind of oh, that, yes i suppose yeah. you're right yeah yeah because yeah, i got a kind of a, a he was there had a lean clint eastwood look to him and you can imagine yeah. if if you have to you know talk to a civilized lady he's just about able to scrape it up even though he's <laughs> Because he's nervous, imagine, isn't he? He doesn't yeah. quite know what to do. Because like dealing with cattle or, or or anything, he's he's there fine. And then when yeah. it's sort of like, how can I be polite to this person from a different world to me? Yeah. I'm stumbling of my words. But they they do form again affection for each other. There's like it's respect, isn't it? They yes, respect each other on their on the same level. Yes, yeah, so there's no romantic cause there, but there is that sense of respect. And mm. ultimately, as it goes on, Biddy says, you know, basically, um, he proposes to basically he says, I, you know, I, I don't want to die on the on the doing the yeah. wagon train. Or, yeah. I don't want to grow. Well, the first thing is he's family. got this he's got this absurd idea, doesn't he? Which is he'll take on the debt. Yeah. That Alice owes Matt the ranch hand. Yeah. But but by also doing that, he's then offering um his hand in marriage yeah. to, to kind of take it on and um she, she agrees doesn't she oh, fair enough it's a good it's a fantastic deal because they, they don't no one needs to be romantic here they're in the middle no, of the wilderness yeah absolutely. they you know they, they can get land in oregon they can yeah. they clearly you know they clearly rub along with each other well yeah. enough that they yeah. can grow and raise a family it's perfect well and they uh, they both have the same sentiments and view on life don't they well they, they, have, they have the same religion more or less you know they, yeah. they, they have they're both gentle i think this is a really good match it's this a lovely family match and she's it's saying, beautiful yeah and it is beautiful and she's saying you know <laughs> she was she always felt nervous on her brother not from fear just because he made her feel small yeah. and she's, she's finally coming out of her shell yeah. her eyes her eyes are looking up yeah and he and he's growing as well isn't he you know yeah. and he's respectful to mr arthur who he's been who he's been working with all these years and has to go on it alone and i was thinking I, I genuinely thought that this was going to be an example of how in the West your fortune can be made, but your fortune being your, you know, your life. Yeah. Yeah. And she, but it all, is... yeah, but she, she always said that her problem was she was so wishy-washy. She was never decisive. Um, yeah. So and and also, it's good not to be decisive. Yeah. But Mr. Again, Mr. Arthur, he doesn't, he doesn't really take the news that Biddy's leading well. They've been partners for 15 years, or whatever. Yeah. He doesn't say, and you think, is it going to be trouble here? But then the next morning, Mr. Arthur sees that Alice isn't there. So he rides over the, the, the hill together. What's going on? She's found President Pierce, the yapping dog, who, is, who thinks that prairie dogs are hilarious. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but but they, they've attracted in, in an Indian war party. Native the American, Comanche, isn't it? The Comanche have arrived. As, oh, again, no. can't, can't have a Western thing about the Comanche. Yeah. And so I have Arthur to say, does, as much as it is a very, very depressing scene, it's brilliantly filmed oh absolutely. this sequence yeah so mr martha basically he, he basically builds himself a small bunker of a saddle over, over a tree and basically says to alice i'm going to give him a hell of a fight and i might scare them off here's a pistol with two shots in it if i you know if, if they get close i'll kill us both but and if she doesn't i die want to do it, does she? yeah if i die you've got to kill yourself and yeah. he gives this horror story about what will happen if she's kicked alive followed by again a fight happens you know mr arthur is so now we see again even though mr arthur was like a bit grumpy that um billy yeah. was going to leave him he is fighting to death to save them yeah um, he's an honorable man 
absolutely he's, he's doing everything so he's fighting them off he's, he's knocking down comanche um and he's they've pretty much given up except for one warrior that kind of remains and kind of hides behind a, a horse to make it look unsaddled and then yeah. he clobbers mr arthur on the head who drops down and then mr arthur says that like he was just faking mr arthur whips out a pistol he's about to be scalped isn't he yeah mr arthur was you know gets gets a pistol kills the last comanche few they're saved yeah. however well, president pierce is barking isn't he and it's because when Mr. Arthur had been dropped, Alice assumed that he'd been killed, <laughs> was for the first time in her life decisive and put a bullet between her forehead. I know, I know. And then, oh, the, no. and then she's dead. The scene ends with Mr. Arthur walking back because the horse has been killed now, walking yeah. back with the little dog in his hands and yeah. Billy Knapp. In comes the distance, up to just coming toward, not knowing what's happened. Yeah, he, then he doesn't know what to say to him. And that's it. It's like, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I know, I know. Oh, oh, oh I was I gutted, was, gutted. And, and then, um, again, a much more straightforward story, or not so straightforward, is the, the final one, The Mortal Remains, um, where it's a stagecoach. So we're back, it's so a final, yeah, final yeah, yeah, yeah. the stagecoach stage right. full of strangers. So basically, yeah. it's it's, it's stagecoach, isn't it? Right. Yeah. We, we go back to our first recording. It begins where it ends. So it's, yeah. uh, so it's five people in the coach, three of them are strangers, and then two of them are partners, and they're strangers to everyone else, too. Um, so there's a, an Englishman and Irishman are the, are the duo. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then the other passengers are a Frenchman. There's a trapper. Isn't there? Trapper, hilarious trapper. Yes. <laughs> He's uh, got some good lines. A tedious oh trapper. God. He doesn't talk much, but then he proceeds to talk incessantly for about 10 minutes straight. This is the great thing, because yeah, the, the Englishman was giving a nice little Georgie tune. He said, oh, I'm sorry to wake you, the trapper. And the trapper, <laughs> I was not awake. And then he, because he basically says, I, I come into town um, to practice talking because yeah. I've been months alone. Like once a year. Yeah. So you can clearly, he's, he's, it's not like he doesn't he has a problem speaking, but he has no idea how to operate in a group because yeah. he just goes off for about a 10 minute discourse on uh, it's brilliant. On, on his wife. On my hunk of papa woman. Wife. And I was giving my traps. Traps is my business. And I sometimes go to town and yeah. I spoke no hunk of papa and she spoke no English. But we got by. I think she was and he's on and on and on. And sometimes on. you could tell what people without speaking what they mean by their facial expressions. And sometimes she'd be, you know, it's all stuff like that. Isn't it? it's, it's hilarious. Um. And the next is a, is a, a kind of a very well-to-do lady, slightly older, getting yeah. kind of a morning Cagney morning from Cagney and Lacey. Cag- no, Lacey. Lacey. I've got it wrong again. You know. Lacey from <laughs> Cagney and Lacey. Lacey. <laughs> <laughs> it is Lacey from Cagney and Lacey. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's a very proper woman. Yeah. Everyone is a cinema. But I think they talk there's two types of people. Um, yeah. And they all think they're di- they're, that the two types of people are different. So yeah. um, except, except for the trapper who thinks all people are ferrets. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. All people, people are, are animals. Yeah. People she are thinks all, all people are sinners and saints. The uh, yeah. Frenchman, who is a professional gambler, played by Saul Rubinek, also yes. Simon Westerns, indeed, um, and also Frasier, and he's also Frasier, um, <laughs> and, and also and many things. He's a great character, yeah, of course. Yeah, he is. Um, he thinks he's a gambler. He thinks there's lucky and unlucky. Yeah, uh, and, and he, th- uh, he says you can never. Tr- it's a. He's got a great. Um, he's got a great. Uh, scene in the film as well. He talks about how you can never properly, truly know someone. Oh, they all and, have awesome soliloquies. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really good. It, it's it's really philosophical as well because because the lady she yeah. thinks that you can absolutely know someone, yeah. and he disagrees fundamentally. That's yeah, really he, good. It's really he, good. He was saying I was playing with with a friend of mine who said I must go to the toilet, take my bet. Yeah. He goes, No, yeah. the bet you make is every part of your life up to that moment. Yes, that is your bet. I can you no one could ever know someone of yeah. that level. Yeah, and it's like it was fantastic. And they and they. They're basically all, all contradicting each other, um, and then they come down to the Englishman and the Irishman, and they basically say, you know, they they are so they say they're bounty hunters, but they also call themselves, you know, escorters of the dead yes, or reapers of the souls. Yeah, and, the, souls and the Englishman yeah. said, in my business, only two hundred people dead or alive. Yeah, um, exactly. 
Yeah. And they, they basically they're on top of the, the coach is a, is a corpse that they are bringing Mr. to their Thorpe. destination. Mr. Thorpe um, to Fort Morgan. <laughs> um, and yeah, the, uh, so they say, yeah, the, um, and yeah, then the Englishman, he just goes into this entire tale about how, you know, how he distracts the targets while the Irishman, played by um, Brendan Fraser, Brendan Fraser, Brendan Gleeson. Yeah, it's, con- it's contagious. <laughs> oh my goodness, Brendan Gleeson, who thumps him. I, I do thump good. Yeah, he does, yeah. Um, yeah. And he, he sings a little song at the end as, at the end of the, the, the yeah. carriage journey as well. Because that, yeah, after the blazing argument, um, the, yeah. the widow was, was having, uh, the widow, the, uh, the lady was having like a, a panic attack and he calms her down by singing a song, which brings the Englishman to tears. <laughs> but yeah. then he, uh, he says, I distract them with tales of, of, of you know, it's, it's a wonderful idea about, about story. Everything these people say is fantastic. Yeah. He's talking about the, the essence of stories, kinds of um, people, people love to hear stories because they imagine themselves in it, but not the very end. They don't yeah. want to be the ones at the very end. Um, and it's really good, isn't it? It is. It's a fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And w- without getting too metaphysical, the entire thing could be quite easily interpreted as this is the coach to purgatory. Yeah, well, and, yeah absolutely. Because the coach, the coachman is almost like a, a wraith. He yeah. Could be, couldn't it? You know, he's like, he's like, he's like the sure, ferryman. He's yeah, the ferryman. Like ferryman. Yeah, that's And right, yeah. when the wizard's having a panic attack, they call to stop and they go, the coach never stops. Yes. It's like, yes. It's, go, it's going to your destination. Yeah. And these, these two bounty hunters are essentially, yeah, are essentially the, the ferryman that take people yeah. Yeah. to their destination because of course the widow well i keep on the widow it's because she says i haven't seen my husband for several years but yeah. we'll be reunited now and um once the bounty hunters go into the hotel which is the destination the hotel has a very barton fink it does doesn't it? it well it would like, wouldn't it yeah exactly <laughs> it's this strange hotel and yeah. you know the three get off the three are unnerved and terrified about getting off this coach yeah, absolutely um, they don't take their luggage because no that's the... the other thing yeah they don't take their like that's what made that's what made it for me more obvious if yeah, you know what i mean yeah, they don't take their luggage yeah, nothing goes with just, them yeah they're all just terrified of making this final journey these ascending staircases up to yeah the yeah, um, yeah and it, in fact it's the frenchman who ends it by just think he, he looks in it he goes yeah kind of, with a look kind of like i'll take my chances yeah pops his hat <laughs> on he's the gambler he's the gambler pops his hat on and closes the door and, yeah and That's with that, we should mention, yeah, every every vignette. Yes, we haven't mentioned this. Is, we? Yeah. Is, is, is literally framed. It's a framing device, isn't it? Yeah, a framing device of a battered old book um, yeah. called The Ballad of Buster Scruggs with these six chapters in it. And they turn to the first page. So you see, if you're quick, you can read the first yeah. paragraph or so yeah. and the last paragraph. And then there's a there's a plate, isn't there? Like a, a, a drawing of a one, scene. Yeah, which which gives you a little but not everything of what's yeah. happened. Yeah. In in each thing, um, which is and fantastic. then at the end, at the end, the, the 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 story closes, and again, you can just about read the final paragraph, which I think is really clever because I ended up re- I, I I was pausing it to read it, and um, it just adds that little more kind of nuance and context to the story. It's fantastic, but yeah, with, it's clever, with, very clever. With, with that close of the book, we will close yes, on the rendition yes. of six stories. What? <laughs> Blimey. <laughs> We're <laughs> not doing too badly, um, and we will join after the break for some analysis. Welcome back, dear listener, as we uh, arrive at our final destination, with or without our luggage, <laughs> and uh, possibly <laughs> hauling a corpse up the stairs. The corpse, of course, being this this podcast and the, the, yeah. the, yeah, the, the our I, legacy. Yes, I like I, I cast you in the role. I think of Brendan Gleeson, James. Uh, Very by, good. Uh, by which Very I mean, by, by far the superior. Does that mean uh, I'm the thug? I'm the <laughs> thumper. I meant more the uh, the veteran man. Was I? I oh, am the. Yeah, okay. I am the the the, uh, <laughs> the person with the moustaches and the taste of musical theatre. Well, you're the Englishman, which is what he's known as. Which sounds. I'm sure <laughs> you don't want to be the Englishman. Yeah, he's called the Englishman. I'd rather be the Frenchman. <laughs> you can be the Frenchman. That's right. Ah, yeah. oh, c'est possible. Uh, <laughs> 
So, well, well, given your social skills, maybe the trapper. <laughs> <laughs> I just mentioned the trapper. The last time I saw the trapper was in the 1980s movie Major League, and I thought he was old then. Yeah, I know. We well, said Chelsea. I can't remember his name is Chelsea. Yeah. Somebody. He's a yeah. great. Character. I mean, it's the Coen Brothers. They're all great character actors. I yeah, don't want yeah. to pick who right, Lacey was because I think I've ever seen her since Cagney and Lacey. But she was very I know. good. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, we'll get into the detail of this, but I do find that um, the Coen brothers do pick actors and actresses who they're not in a huge amount of stuff, but they're very memorable, aren't they? You, yeah. uh, you do remember them. Like the bank teller. The bank teller was another character actor. Um, yeah. And yeah, you, you don't need much. I mean, he, the, the, the fact of an old teller just cackling at the people he's gunned down, followed by <laughs> yeah. assaulting him with a saucepan on his head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's and memorable. It, it is memorable, isn't it? Yeah, and there, there, are, there are kind of, there are character actors all over the film that have really minor roles in it. So the, um, in the, the James Franco, when he's being hanged, the, 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 the head of the posse that come to meet Finchy. him is Ralph. Yeah, yeah Finchy, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Now he's made it in Hollywood. That's quite a big star now. Oh, but he? it's yeah, because he he was in The Witch as well, which you hated. I know. I did. Um, I did hate The Witch. I couldn't finish it because, not because I found it scary, but because you liked it so much. I assumed what would come next would be so scary I couldn't take it. So I stopped watching it a few minutes into a perfectly normal film, just thinking <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to handle this. Yeah, because it, what whatever whatever should happen hasn't happened yet and i'm an yes. hour in <laughs> i've only got 30 minutes to get out of this what's his name ralph so you could ralph innocent name. ralph innocent innocent yeah. or or Inneson. i don't know how Inneson. you pronounce his surname well you've had a you've had a banner day with names so let's say he's the, he's yeah. ralph innocent like pope innocent no innocent oh innocent sorry yeah. he wasn't called pope innocent <laughs> come on let's let's get back <laughs> okay but yes character actors throughout indeed so um i mean where do we kick off? I mean, I, other than the initial comment that the best primer for this movie is to watch yeah. all the westerns. I cannot believe how lucky we've been here. I know, I know, and it's, it's interesting. I was aware of this film because um, it got quite a big, it got quite a big, quite a lot of fanfare on Netflix, but it yeah. had a very short um, theatrical release. So it wasn't it wasn't released at the summer for long. I think it was only yeah. about a couple of weeks, effectively. I think that was just so it could be called a theatrical movie. Yeah, and also so it could get. Um, nominations for oscars yeah yeah as well and it did yeah. get some nominations for oscars it should yeah. be said the best song um when a cowboy um trades his spurs for wings which again uh. it's a beautiful song <laughs> um best costume design and best adapted screenplay as well by for okay. the coen brothers which you can understand actually all three yeah. of those yeah absolutely definitely so we will um, say netflix can sometimes be criminal about promoting their own ways well, yeah, because that's, that's it exactly i think that's it so i i Although it was on Netflix, and I, I kind of dip in and out of Netflix every now and again. I kind of build, I, I store films up and then, um, you know, get do it for a month and watch them and then cancel it again. But I've I've never watched the Ballad of Buster Scruggs mainly because it seemed a bit too quirky and twee from from from, from the. I think it's because it's called the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, and that mm. first story, it's a very entertaining story. Don't get me wrong, but. I don't think I could have handled the whole film like that. And that's what I assumed it was. So I didn't yeah. bother with it. And I caught up with the trailer afterwards, which I now understand having seen the movie. But if I'd seen the trailer, it looks almost like the Raisin Arizona of cowboy movies. Every, yeah. Because obviously the trailer was showing all the scenes, which are so diverse. You'd wonder, yeah. what the hell kind of movie is this? Yeah. And look, there's nothing wrong with Raisin Arizona at all. Oh, but, my goodness. No. But but I, I'm not sure. I don't know. It just didn't hold together. My image of the film didn't hold together yeah. for me to be yeah. interested enough to watch it. So, you know, this is an opportunity to watch it um yeah. i have to say i wasn't overly enthusiastic 
No, I can hear that when I, when I told you when I asked you to do it. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I was like, well, okay, let's do it then. Thinking yeah. it's a net, it's going to be an, it's like that, you know, it's the Netflix kind of Western, isn't it? Ugh. Yeah. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised. Indeed. <laughs> by we, everything we, that followed. Absolutely. I mean, let, let's talk a bit about seeing the Coen brothers themselves because they've got four in Westerns. Oh, um, they do. I mean, we can start again with with True Grit, which is obviously yes. a classic Western yeah, made into absolutely. another classic Western. Oh, um, it's a cracking film as well, yeah. isn't it? I mean, and that is how to remake a film. Absolutely. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they've again, they've got um, No Country for Old Men, which is like a neo Western. Again, a b- absolutely brilliant film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Fargo is Western like. Oh, yeah, structure. absolutely. Yeah. Oh, um, brother, where art thou? Oh, brother is, is bluegrass, so it's almost yeah. like it's on the way to us. And then you've got yeah. again Raising Arizona, which is yeah. again has has Western. Trappings around it, yeah, so it I mean does. they've they've done a lot. So almost it's not surprising they decided to take on basically all the westerns in one yeah, movie. Yeah, exactly. And, and apparently was, this, was, this was a movie like yeah, twenty thirty years in the making. Yes, they 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 had written this over over a good a good. Year. I was trying to figure out which of the stories were oh. early Cohen brothers and which ones were were later. I, I'm not sure that you can, but if, if I had to plump for an early story, it would have been the Ballad of Buster Scruggs because that feels a bit more. Like really? the Hudsucker proxy type. Um, yeah, I would have, I would have gone for a meal ticket because that feels very blood simple. <laughs> oh, well, possibly. Yeah, I guess so. Possibly. I don't know. The Ballad of Buster Cruz is that kind of Sam Raimi type um, yeah. era when they work together a lot. I don't know. Maybe those two were the earliest ones then. But I would yeah, say I The Mortal Remains was the last one. Yeah, I would have, yeah, I would have said that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. And this, from what I understand, this wasn't going to be a film. It's going to be a series of television programs oh, okay. that Netflix were going to um, release. But they worked out the framing device and thought it would be better as a film. And I think it's, look, you don't, you don't get many anthology films and even fewer anthology films work, I think, because often the problem with anthology films is they're only ever as good as their worst segment. Um, Really. Um, And so if there's, you know, if, 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 if you've got a two hour film and you've got four stories in them and two of them aren't very good and two of them are good, I tend to find you always remember the ones that aren't that good. Yes. More, more so than the ones that are good. Um, so yeah, I think it's a bit, it's always a bit risky. And I also find with anthology um, films, the same thing with, with anthologies more generally as well. At the point at which I'm really into it, it stops. <laughs> and then you've got to get into it again. Um, but there was something about the way that, I don't know, the quality of this film, the quality of the script writing and the the, the, the quality of the, the stories and the fact that they were surprisingly dark. All of them actually were surprisingly dark in one way or another. It really, I don't know, I, I was I was into all of them, actually. Really, yeah, really, really surprising. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, yeah, I think right. some are better than others, don't get me wrong, yeah. but, but I was into all of them. Because I'm trying to think of a, yeah, a similar anthology film that I've enjoyed as much that wasn't almost um, trying to make a novelty of its anthology. Like we've got four different directors or something like that. You know, each, yeah. each one's like that. Was this was simply again? It was it was like a book of short stories, which can I mean I absolutely love books of short stories like this, where you you kind of you dip in, you you get yeah. a, a, a short tale and you're out again and you have something else. And if each each one holds water and is unique, and this is the thing, because they they kind of strung it across. The, the span of westerns um probably yeah. i'd say from like the 1930s to spaghetti western era that was kind of maybe a little bit beyond that was kind of the the, the net they cast which we've already plumbed into is a lot yes. um they can they could do an awful lot and make six exceptionally unique tales because not the, not one of them would also be say whatever. something yes yeah so they're not just they're not just um 
they're not self-satirizing, are they? They're not just pastiches of those westerns that we've seen. That's they true, also yes. have their moral tales yes, as well, yeah. aren't they? And that's very good. Again, we we both kind of shed a tear of the girl got rattled. But I think, to, I mean, I wouldn't remember the movie as much if it hadn't had such an emotional reaction from me because yeah, absolutely it broke my heart, which is great for a movie to have to have to do anything yeah. to you. Because um, it did put my thinking. You've you've tricked me here. You have, you've gone a direction I hadn't thought. Thought, yeah, this you've established a world where yes. such tragedies can happen, and it, it just and, has. And it just has. So I I I cannot remember a sequence in a film that has blindsided me so much than the 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 feeling I got when the dog was barking mm. over the bunker. Because yeah. as soon as the dog barks, you know what's happened. Yeah. And there's a, you know, there's a few seconds between Mr. Arthur noticing the dog and walking to the bunker. And I didn't want him to walk to the bunker. No. I wanted it to finish. So I didn't know. Yeah. Right. And and um, up until the point, I, I thought it tricked me as well in a, in a good way, I guess, really. I thought that this was going to be the story with the hope. I thought this was going to be the and. Oh, and it wasn't. And I mean, everything's crushing about this. It's not again. It had Billy Knapp been there to defend her, it would have been tragic. Yeah. But the fact that his partner has to go back and tell, tell his best yes. friend about the crushing of all his dreams. Yes. It's, that's it's, that's it's, that's the icing on the cake. Isn't it's it? everything it's about it. And the, yeah, it's, yeah. It's just oh. But having said that, it is a beautiful story, isn't it? Yeah. It's a tender story. It's a story of love. And yeah. the, you know, I don't. You know. It's a romantic story in many ways, isn't it? It's it's and it's also a story about um, the, the way that you romance isn't just about searing passionate love, is it? It's about it, it can also be about people acknowledging their role with each other. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a beautiful story. You see, my my version of it is Mr. Arthur, you know, got badly wounded defending um, the girl, but they they made it out of there and he recuperated on the farm. They all lived together and he lived happily the rest of his days. And that's why I'm a terrible filmmaker. Playing to the crowd. If you have to add some tragedy to it, it's that Mr. Arthur in shooting the Comanche chief also got scalped or something and died. But I'd I'd rather have the dog die. Well, and the dog, but then Alice goes back to see Mr. Knapp and, you know, you know, that Carry, but, carrying Martha's hat in her yes, hand. Yes, yeah, exactly. But I'm not saying that the wrong person died. The right person died for the context of the story. But what a sucker punch! But it, but it, sometimes you think in, in when when stories do this and they feel like they're tricking you a little bit, you can feel really shattered by it and, and feel cheated. I yeah. didn't feel cheated by this because yeah. the story was so well told. Yeah, and that, um, that's, the, that's the penultimate story. So if, you, if that turns you off, you've got a third of the film that you're not going to enjoy. If, you, if you'll watch yeah. the last one thinking, I hated what they did just there. Yeah. It's the longest story as well, by yeah. some distance as well, isn't mm. it? Um, yeah, I, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think... You know, some great moments in that though. I love, I, there's a scene when, um, again, the, uh, the sort of the, the eight-year-old boy and part of the wagon train is walking backwards, and the mum just goes, "What, what are you, you doing? doing? I'm walking to Oregon backwards." No, you're not. And it's like that's so how you deal with an eight-year-old. It's like, what are you doing? It, what stupid. are you doing no, now? Because I want to. Well, yeah. don't do it. And some goes and smacks him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't need to be in it, does it? Yeah. Uh, but it just adds to that flavour. Um, but there were loads of there were loads of scenes in each of these in each of these segments. There are there are light-hearted touches, but I think they're all fundamentally morality tales, aren't they? They they, mm. they really do they really do bring that kind of moral. I've got uh, I've got some views on what I think the, mor- the the morality tales are in them. Oh, go on. Um, I don't know. I have no idea whether this is right or not. Go it's on, just me, me, me thinking about it. It's in the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. 
I think you've got so one of the things that interested me was the fact that there's the scene where he beats um where he he causes the uh, the Kruger to uh, or the Kurgan sorry to uh, the Kruger God for God's sake the Kurgan to to, to kill himself by smashing the the table on his gun yeah, right yeah. he what what leads him to that point is that they have an argument about playing the hand yeah. um so he's already shot someone or, which is or, which is aces over eight known as dead yes, man's hand yeah exactly so aces over eight which is dead man's hand um and so he i think he obviously doesn't want to play the hand because yeah. he knows that there might be something in it and in the end what happens is that his time's up anyway Mm. um so that it's almost like he his hand was already dealt in some ways oh, okay. i don't know you know that's just that's my own thought of that the second one with near near Al- so no no man can escape his fate as you say no, yeah and that also links with the final one as well which is in the end no yeah. man is able to escape its fate so it kind of ties it up quite nicely the 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 second one is um kind of a similar morality tale in the sense that it's 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 very much it introduces the idea of the spaghetti western but it also introduces the idea that no matter what james franco's bank robber did he'd all he, he'd already he'd, he'd already been hanged right yeah. and the idea is that he he escaped from the thing that actually he should have been hanged for and was hanged for something completely different but you can't escape it in that context yeah. so that was good the third one the meal ticket i think is probably the most obvious one which is about almost the degradation of culture and art um and 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 what people um what people it, I, I think it's quite scathing it's the cohen brothers being quite scathing about the industry that they work in perhaps um you know in the shallowness of 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 of, of the industry as it were and the fact that you know he he, he swaps an uh, shakespearean orator for a chicken right you know it's i mean it doesn't you, you can't really get any more obvious i don't yeah. think that that the the next one is the, the frontier spirit and uh, i i read this a bit more maybe more than you did uh, around the idea that you can forge your own path but also if you are also respectful of nature and the environment then nature and the environment will respect you a little bit back as well so it's that symbiosis which is very much runs through a lot of the kind of western views in the sense that 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 it's a harsh environment isn't it so you need to treat it well in that context um the, the gal who got rattled i think is a very strong moral tale against the dogma of of pragmatism because um they talk about being they talk about living in a particular way about being um you know uh too 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 they they live too focused on one particular view of things so they're they're both you know she's indecisive as it were and so she chooses to be decisive at the end so the the the, the dogmatic pragmatism has flipped it on its head and it's it, it, it shouldn't be one thing or the other which i think is quite clever and again the mortal remains just ties it all up nicely at the end which is the whole kind of we're all heading to we're all heading to to hell anyway so um you know, you might as well make the best of the best of it, really. Wow, very good stuff. Know, yeah. What do you think? I think that's very good. That's very good. They, they, will, they, they could all be reasonable assessments of the kind of morality tales, couldn't they? Yeah, I mean, I, I took that. Um, yeah, I think they they make very good morality tales. I was taking it as kind of almost stylistic in the sense of Buster Scruggs is that you know cowboy with it with a shirt spotless who manages to you know, yeah. he's improbably yeah. good gun shooter, but he gets taken over by a more moody harmonica playing genre who guns him down <laughs> oh, i see what you mean yeah that's um, true as well isn't it's like it? yeah. it's like the yeah driving out the rest and again yeah. the, the meal ticket um yeah and in addition again I, I completely take your point with that i also found it though that um clearly at some point the the uh again the leonese character had cared for this but he was caring yeah. for him. he'd cared for him but as, as times got hard 
ultimately he was expendable. And that was yeah. class two because they, they literally, he seems in feeding him. At the beginning, he's getting meat and then he's getting beans and then he's getting nothing. And then he's yeah, getting thrown in the river. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's like, true, it's, it's it? like it, it gets harder and harder and ultimately he can't do it anymore. And yeah. the mortal remains, I think, when, again, it's hard to pick a favourite. I think it might be my favourite. I, I could, I could mm. listen to that again and again. There's sort of 20 minutes of just really good performances all by all five people. And um, it's, you know, the idea is this strange is talking to that and they're in purgatory is yeah. such a kind of a student theatre thing. If you it don't is, do it, if you don't do it very well. Oh, it could be awful. It, it could be awful. It's yeah, a, and, right. and this was done very well. I mean, the the moment when the Englishman, you kind of get a hint that he's not just a, a, a posh talking bounty hunter, but something else. And he starts entrancing the group with his stories yeah. about how he sees and Like, I like to look at their eyes as they yeah. try and make sense of what's going on. Yeah, it's beautiful. And, but how would I know? I'm just watching them. Yeah. Um, and, oh, it's, it's and, and it's just, it's a fairly, you know, almost jaunty person talking, but fills the entire coach with such dread. Dread, um, yeah. It's so well done. And when you, when yeah. you got it, you were in the as to what's happened and yeah. what they're going towards. And it's wonderful. It's just very atmospheric. Uh, um, I, no, I, I, I agree. Um, if you had an order of them then from, yeah. from favorite to least favorite. Now, I, I liked all of them. Yeah, you know, so a, a least favorite is not a slight necessarily, yeah. but I, I I would go. My favorite was the gal who got rattled, because yeah. um, I think that's just a beautiful story with pr- pr- an ending which is probably apt, but nevertheless broke my heart. The second one yeah. for me would be All Gold Canyon. I I liked, I really enjoyed Tom Waits' performance in this. I think he can be a bit kind of marmitey, yeah. but um, his grizzled, slightly eccentric. Obviously, he's been alone too long um, approach and his de- dedication to finding Mr. Pocket. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it, it was really entertaining. Um, and again, yeah. I rooted for him because I didn't think he was a he wasn't he wasn't a business person or anything. He didn't he didn't feel like there was anything wrong with him. He was just trying to find some gold. I yeah, don't even was... know that he'd be interested in selling it. He just wanted no. to find the gold. Yeah, there, there was like there was no like there will be blood in nature. There. No, was tear the earth up. It was like there was a, there was a puzzle. I can solve yeah. it. I'm going to yeah. solve this. Um, and he yeah, was just, and, and, he, and yeah, he was delighted. Again, his his delight was finding Mister Pocket. Yeah, finding Mister Pocket. I found was, you, Mister Pocket. I yeah, found it, you. It wasn't even digging it up and going off and selling it. His delight no. was, it's there. I got it. It was the gambler. Yeah. I, I paid off. I made my calculations, and I knew what I was doing. Yeah, it's, um, it's a it's a great scene. Yeah, and again, he again lives that life. He's he's fishing. He's he's cooking. He's sleeping outside. He's, yeah. he's got his donkey, and he's like he's got it sorted. And again, it's it's almost when another human being disrupts yes. that, yeah. um, it completely ruins everything. <laughs> it does, as always. Um, I think the future third... says that like, human beings are fine on their own. This is <laughs> when there's more than one of them, then you have problems. <laughs> My third favorite would be meal ticket, just because. Um... I could kind of see where this one was going, um, yeah. but I wasn't quite sure how it was going to manifest itself. But when the yeah. chicken turned up, I thought, well, there we go. That's it. Um, but it was it was still good. Then it was the mortal remains, then the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, and then near Al Godinis, whatever it's called. Um, yeah. But again, I liked all of them, though. Yeah, they were very good. I think, um, again, I think mortal remains and the gal got rattled are up there with me. And it's very good that actually the movie ends on its strongest. I think one. so, yeah. Um, yeah. I would probably say I liked watching them a lot. I'd probably say the ones that would probably bear repeat watching the least might be, apart from the songs, The Ballad of Best of Scruggs, because you kind of know where it's going, mm. um, and Meal Ticket, because once you've had it once, I think you'd lose that shock value. Yes, you do. Because, That's right, actually. It's a good point. You'd, you'd get a lot of him repeating those those, those narrations, yeah. which are great to start with, and you, you build up that sense. But as soon as it's done and you realise what Linus is planning and he comes up and that smile, and that's yeah. it. 
yeah that's, that's you're, right. The... you're right that's a good point whereas with the the gal who got rattled there is an equally shocking scene in it that is yes. being led up to but the story before that I think it's richer, it. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you could thoroughly enjoy it. I thought, yeah, I yeah. thought, yeah, the two actors, Mr. Um, Mr. Um, Billy Knapp and, and Alice, were mm. very good together. And, and you, yeah, you just, you just were rooting for them. Oh. It's so sad. <laughs> um, but I think I'd still put the Mortal Remains top simply because I like, I liked all the actors in it, and it's yeah. just a fantastic. It's such a, it's a scene. It is it's one fun scene, as well, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. it's a single yeah. scene, which is the great thing about an anthology is that you can just put all this you can together, do that, can't you? And you, you don't can be need... quite innovative. Well, I say I think in a, in a kind of almost a, a movie that was less confident about itself, you would have had, I don't know, the mortal remains people would have then gone off the coach and then they would have passed on to the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, who was walking from a tavern. Yeah. Well, you see what I mean? They'd have right. tied it together. Yeah, you're right. Nowadays, I think an anth- that's exactly what I was going to say. I think modern anthologies try to have connections between the stories. Yeah. Right. Um, kind of like a love and, actually of cowboys movies. Yeah, it's, it's that kind of thing. Yeah, they, yeah. And and also what they what they do is they split the stories up even more and then put them back together again in odd orders so and by that i mean you'll have one scene from one short story and then another scene from another short story and then it'll go back to the first short story yeah. you know so i'm thinking of a film like cloud atlas which i quite like as a film but you've effectively got six stories yeah all told at the same time yeah um whereas i quite like the i quite like the 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 whole of a story that the only connection between one and the next is probably the genre yeah really or the morality tale that sits within it you know yeah. and you have to kind of be the coen brothers to get away with this kind of stuff it's like the, oh, they, they, they 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 they've got the, the, the clout to say we'll do it like this and no, and no one can stop them uh, <clears> another <throat> thing about the film that was interesting it was a lot more violent than i was expecting it to be <laughs> again and you know i don't know why i thought that but well, um, you know, even even the jolly buster scruggs he's blowing someone's fingers off it's it's quite yeah it's quite, yeah, it's yeah. Quite brutal. And he, He's shooting, he's shooting Clancy Brown in the face like six times. So oh, that was fun. Himself. I love yeah, that it was, scene. <laughs> it was fun, but it, it's comedic. It, but it's it's comedic violence. It's heavy violence. Oh, yeah, though. yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's, it's, it's back to almost like the um, the Evil Dead, the Blood Simple stuff. Yeah, it? So, yeah, it is. It is and yeah, because yeah. really, to explain what he does is Clancy Brown has him dead to rights because you know, they're in a, a bar with no guns and Clancy's got one. And he's yeah. got the gun on him. And Buster Scruggs just kicks the table, which flies upwards, slams the pistol into Clancy Brown's face and fires it. And yeah, he just, does it again and again and again. So it's like, boom, boom, boom. It's it's a hilarious moment that is also is. very violent. <laughs> yeah, there are violent scenes in every single one of these. I think. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. All... Which is interesting. It's like you're gonna you're gonna um, violence is is endemic to the West. It's not even well, exactly. This, this is a scene with violence. It's like there's always violence. It's there's the always West. violence. Yeah, exactly. There is. All, yeah, all of these stories are, f- are almost the, the foundation the of them is violence. In fact, apart from yeah. Old Canyon, every other protagonist gets dead killed. Yeah, I mean, even in Old Gold Canyon, someone gets killed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's not the protagonist, but he's almost killed. Then the person gets killed. He tries to steal the gold. So, yeah, there's a there's a lot there. Um, I should dive very quickly into a, there's a, a great uh, novel by Gerard Crombie about it's about a fantasy story and it, oh, yeah. it features a big battle. The whole book is about a battle, and to make one of the chapters um, different. The uh, he jumps from perspective to perspective to perspective, and each perspective is picked up by the person who's killed the last person. 
So oh, like, that's quite interesting. Go, like, yeah, it's like, almost in. like a um, like a relay race. Yeah, it's like <laughs> whack, sword gets drawn. Next, next, next section. Like he pulls his sword from the dead person. <laughs> Thump, he gets shot with a crossbow. <laughs> Snap, person is reloading his crossbow. And it, you get all the um, in, in these vignettes. You get all these little their thoughts, their hopes, their dreams, their, yeah. their perspectives. Some are good, some are bad, some are cowardly, some are just normal, and they all get killed. And it's like that's the thread. Is they're all dead. That's the interesting, that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, very good, but, very yeah. good. But um, remind me of that. It's like there, there, there are common themes even though across you know kind of space and time these are all different parts of the west we, yeah, we yes, some, some are, are in new mexico some are in the yeah. mountains yeah. they're all they're all different times of the west some is because you can, almost, you can tell by the guns they're using old gold canyon is the earliest one it's easily I'd, the earliest isn't yeah. it yeah you can tell yeah I'd absolutely say, again, the girl got rattled on more from is one of the later ones yeah but it but it's so it's across space and time but the, the common theme is yeah, morality and violence. Yeah, well, it's across space, time, landscape, environment. It's all of those yeah, things, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, but the, actually, you're right. Um, morality and violence are the threads that that built the West. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, that's it. I mean, the the, the other thing in the film, I suppose, is that the um the 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 Native Americans are seen as very other, aren't they? They're very alien. Yes. In this. Yeah. They, I mean, they don't have a story, I guess, yeah. in some respects. That's true. Um, but I don't know whether that's a criticism or not it's a fact of it i i don't know you know i don't know what that story might be but they don't get a story and they are seen as quite alien i guess in this context but um i think that the film is portrayed from the perspective of the prospector in in many ways isn't it it's it's yeah it, it's it's not from the perspective of of the native americans so when you see them Actually, when you see them in this film, they're explosive, aren't they? And they they seem far more dangerous than Absolute, anything we've seen yeah. in any other Western, right? Yeah, it's again, it's it's almost they're almost yeah they've they've been much more reduced in in dimensions. They are just a war party whooping and riding yeah. towards them who need to be killed or or kill. Yeah. And when you consider almost the last time we experienced this was the battle of the Dark Lord Josie Wales, yeah, which was a much more nuanced and much interesting nuanced view was, yeah. of how kind of yeah. the Native Americans that were living in the the West at that time. Um, it's very interesting they just went with that. But again, it's 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 framing device is an old book with a uh, with, yeah, exactly with, with, with prints it's, it's that, in it and yeah stories. and so and so i don't i don't mind it so much because that's not this film is it it would it would almost feel out of place if a yeah. book like that this this mythical book that we're watching yeah. um had a native american perspective chapter because it wouldn't exist it wouldn't no you're right and you know it's an old book because at the start you see the imprint and when it was published which is like 1869 yeah. or something yeah. like that so y- you're right um it would have it, it wouldn't have fitted well i don't think and, and it would um, it would have, yeah, it would have been very self-consciously 2018 yeah um, absolutely which, which would have yeah, shattered the illusion much to the film's credit and i think that's where it it has a commitment to the genre doesn't it which is which is really really um plausible i think it's kind of old school in many ways isn't it because it yeah. it doesn't it doesn't treat the stories that it's telling in any way it doesn't treat them flippantly and there and thereby it doesn't treat the, it doesn't treat the context of the story's earlier films flippantly either. It's very respectful of the genre, but it does modernise it by reflecting on that violence and that morality in a more explicit way, yeah. um, which I think is very clever. So I, I just I I, I think I think the film's just very clever to be so engaging across six very different stories. Um, to create this feeling of um, a whole, right? Even though yeah. none of the stories are connected, I still feel like the Ballad of Buster Scrubs, uh, Buster Scruggs is, it's a coherent whole. 
Yeah, yeah. And that is that's really difficult in an anthology. So many anthologies get it wrong. Yeah, don't very do hard it right. to pull off. Um, yeah. Well, they, and, and they have one story which is which is just brilliant, and all the others just fall by the wayside. You know, Twilight Zone the movie has John Lithgow in the plane, but yeah. that's about it. <laughs> Although or they'd have one central character passing their way through the stories yeah. as some kind of oversee. But you're right. I was also going to mention in terms of this. Now I've discussed previously on a podcast that may or may not have been out yet. How when that <laughs> when Danny Elfman appears on a on, in a movie now. Uh, yeah. You know it's the Danny Elfman soundtrack. Yeah, you, you do, didn't you? You yeah. kind of like you, you, you can hammer it along. Um, yeah. Whereas this, of course, this has is Carter Burwell, isn't it? Long-term collaborator Carter yeah. Burwell. Yeah. I still think. I mean, you can probably pick it out his soundtrack, but I think it's beautiful. The music in this I is sublime. I agree more. I think it's absolutely stunning. I think yes. So I think, I he, think he, he has he has worn a lot better. He's he's able to ad- adapt his music and yet so. keep his style. Y- yeah, absolutely. You, I, I think you can you can broadly identify a Carter Burwell um, composition yeah. but he's not as I don't think he's as cliched as Danny Elfman sorry Danny if you're listening um, yeah. you know uh, uh, yeah there's, it's, he's more subtle I think than that and I, yeah. I think I think the, the, the way that the film looks and the way that the film sounds and the music in the film whether it be the compositions of the film or the actual music in the film all of those are really well presented I actually think the Although the film is digital, it's the first Coen Brothers film to be digital. Um, yes, I spotted that. Uh, yeah, um, I think it looks really good. And I, 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 the only thing I would say is that I, I wish I had seen this at the cinema. This is a really good advocate. <laughs> this film is a good advocate for the cinema, isn't it? Right. Yeah, to watch yeah. films on the big screen. Oh, you'd feel fantastic. I'd be yeah, absolutely. It would be amazing. Uh, but a little bit of me wants it to be... Um, it, I don't know. It wants it to be um, n- not digital, I, I guess, yeah, in some ways. Yeah. I, I want that kind of grainy crispness of, of yeah, it rather yeah. than a digital view. I understand why they've done it because there's a lot of CGI in the film, subtle CGI, actually. Yeah. Um, and so they felt that it was a sensible way to go for costs, I guess, yeah. really. But just watching watching it, you know, pr- properly on 35 millimeter or something, it would be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I did feel that yeah, it, was, it was almost too clean at some yeah. points yeah um but yeah, but look, uh, you can't have everything can you no and it was uh, you, you got quite a lot from this you did you did anything else to to talk about this then for the best of scrubs well i mean the, the i guess I mean, just... it's yeah, normally normally in our run we would discuss where does this sit in in the canon yeah. of i <laughs> mean over all of it, it's an it, it bestrides them and it, it it's like it um it's all of them and none of them. It's, it's yeah, I suppose it's all of them and none of them. But at the same time, a film like this can't exist without the history of the Western, can it? Yeah. So, but by virtue of that, it has to sit. It has to sit in the modern view, looking back over the Western, doesn't it? I mean, the, yeah. the closest, the closest morality tale that I've seen in a Western is probably Il, Il Gran Silenzio, I, I yeah. guess to a large extent, but. But this film covers much more ground um, than that, while still maintaining that coherent view. I, I like the the principle of this you, you, you said earlier about it almost being a reset, a kind of like this is this is um, this is the Western Year Zero, isn't it? Really, this yeah. this resets the genre um, almost like as a closing book, I guess. Yeah. Really, yeah. ready for what westerns might come. But all I'd say is the westerns that come either need to not be um they need to be good enough to not be a pastiche of either the films in this film yeah. or the films that this represents in which case it's got to be something very different um because 
I don't know. I feel like this is the apex almost. I, I don't mean I don't mean that in it's the best film I've ever seen no, or anything I, I know, like that. Yeah, I don't mean it feels like that's it's closed. Where does it go? It's, yeah, it has yeah. closed the book on the You've Western the genre door, we know. So, yeah, 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 exactly. So so if the door's going to be opened again, it's either got to be an absolutely incredible film that that harks back to the early days of the Western, or it's got to do something very different. And I don't mean it's got I don't what I don't mean by that it ha, you know you, you need a, a black cowboy or a gay cowboy or anything like that I mean it's just got to do something different yeah and I, I don't know I don't know how that's possible well, but maybe we'll find out time will tell mm. but, uh, but with that any more thoughts on the Ballad of Buster Scruggs before we uh, close the last page well the only thing I was going to say was yeah, um, I, I was genuinely interested in your reaction to this and I don't know what your score is going to be obviously but yeah. I think your that your positivity in describing the film warmed my heart because <laughs> I I was similarly I think I don't know maybe I'm reading too much of this I I was similarly infused by the film but also really pleasantly surprised by what I was seeing um, and it's really it's really nice to watch a film that you know nothing about that's different but really gets to you. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that I'd, great? I'd, I'd, Isn't, I'd it agree. doesn't happen often enough. It doesn't. And again, I, I completely missed it. Again, I used to follow the Coen brothers quite religiously. I'm like three or four films behind them now because I think they hit the, the period of run about, say, the lady killers or yeah, intolerable, um, or intolerable cruelty. cruelty when they yeah. suddenly they started making crowd pleasing ones. Yeah. But um, so I'm eager to catch up with them. Again, this one is was an absolute storm it was you're right it was i had no expectations all i knew was it had tim blake nelson it called buster scruggs it was an uh, you know two hours and ten and it was about cowboys and i knew nothing of the when the book opened i was suddenly like rushing to catch up and when i knew what it was unfolding i thought oh my goodness this is fantastic and yeah the, the even, more when, even just, when the book opens though yeah. you don't you still don't quite work out that it's going to be a series of short films no absolutely not um so yeah, I, I just thought, is this going to be two hours of Tim Blake Nelson's character yeah, having that's what worried me. adventures? <laughs> yeah, because um, I, I enjoyed that, yeah. but I was thinking, where's this going? Yeah, <laughs> it was short stories. Oh, so it, was, it was not at all what I expected. But then each time you 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 then want to think, I can't wait. What's next? It's like when you get yeah. a good book of short stories. It is, yeah. And you finish one, and you're actively looking forward to going to bed because you know you're going to read the next one. Yeah, and it, exactly. It become, it's like when you again when you're commuting into work, you get excited about the commute because you need to get a few more pages in out of it. And <laughs> yeah, it's true. So it, it, it yeah. was. It's like again, it's the best way of reading a really good book. It's just exciting. It's unexpected. Um, it's just fantastic. It's something to be said about an anthology in that regard and it makes you wonder why more films aren't made like that but i guess very hard, hard to market they're very sell. hard yeah they are very hard to market and they're very hard to get right as well yeah so yeah. i mean we're probably extolling the virtues of this because it's that rare beast an anthology film that is that actually works i mean they, i can't think of many yeah and again well done for them stopping netflix from carving it into a six-parter because it could so easily have been that but yeah, i don't know absolutely. it wouldn't have felt the right it wouldn't have felt the same no, i couldn't wouldn't have watched have. meal ticket and then got excited about the next one it's like you need to keep on going you need to keep the the, again, yeah, the, the music carries you forward yeah the, it does but the, yeah. the framing device gets you forward the, you, you're so enwrapped in the whole world of the west you just can't wait to see what they're going to throw at you next yeah i agree Excellent. Well, do we need to give scores? Let's give scores anyway. Come Absolutely on. give scores. And uh, and <laughs> join us after the break when we give scores. And then we'll find out what film will be riding oh. us into the homestead after a very, very long trail. <laughs> riding into the sunset in the distance, never to be seen again. Either works for me, as long as we ride somewhere that doesn't yeah. <laughs> go 
Welcome back as we finish our final romp through the Ballad of Buster Scruggs uh, and time to give scores. James, would you like to begin by giving us your scores? It's just one score, isn't it? We're not giving it scores out of cabinets. No, yeah, it's just one score, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just one score. But I have... It's a, so I, I really, really, really enjoyed this film and um, the, the balance of the film was um, some of the sequences I enjoyed and some of the sequences I absolutely loved. Um and it's a tricky one because um by virtue of that there, there's there's a mixed score but you, you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna be generous here i'm gonna give this five disembodied crombie heads i'm gonna give it five because even though some of the stories i'm thinking near algonid i can't, can't say that one what is it <laughs> near algon algodon yeah. you've broken me now near algodon is that one even though that isn't my favorite uh, the, um, uh, story in the film it's still really good and yeah. it, it's a good segue into meal ticket a meal ticket provides you with that kind of morality tale which is very dark and nihilistic yeah. but then it's lightened again with all gold canyon which is and interesting then the beautiful so these, yeah, story yeah. of the gal that got rattled you know so these don't exist again on their own because you're right no, you, you, you need to get from you need to get from ballad buster scruggs to meal tickets via oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you can't go from one to the other that quickly no you can't and then you Absolutely. need all gold canyon to bring you back down off you meal do. ticket yeah i know exactly which is so, why so, it's an anthology but it's an anthology that, that really balances each other out and works yeah, really well I, I agree so 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 separating them and scoring, scoring them separately, even if some of the individual stories aren't as good as some of the others, I don't think is fair. And I think if you take it as a whole, you can really look back over the, the film as a whole and be thoroughly entertained. It's thought provoking. It's clever. It's absolutely heartbreaking and it's beautiful to watch. It's five out of five. Well, then five out of five for you for myself. Absolutely. I agree with all of that. It is a fantastic story. Um, Again, fantastic six stories melded so well together keeps you so entertained i was utterly surprised by it i again it, it kind of revitalized my love for watching coen brothers films mm. um i can't wait to turn down the rest of them now um five out of five absolutely uh, and also if you're feeling a bit jaded about watching 100 westerns this really is a good oh, palate cleanser it really is <laughs> it makes me want to get into westerns again <laughs> <laughs> but but here's the, the crux of the question though hugh how Christmassy is it <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that you can't give that away i can't give that away can i but there we are so the ballad of buster scruggs yeah look you know probably the biggest surprise in a film that i've seen for a number of years um loved it absolutely loved it regret not going to the cinema when it was around but there we go what can you do yeah marvelous okay so that's the ballad of buster scruggs we have but one more to do um, before we finish our 12 episode arc of the uh the legend of crombie's gold james do you want to lead us in what are we watching next month well, for our final our final uh, visit to the Old West, we'll be watching The Power of the Dog. Power of the Dog. Well, oh. until until then, we shall keep it in its kennel. Um, join us, <laughs> not only for The Power of the Dog, but also for the 12 Days of Crombie. What oh, a yes. you're in for in December. Oh, my goodness me. But we shall wish you then a very happy and a very healthy weekend at Crombie's. Good evening, all. Weekend at Crombie's. Before we begin, we should actually make some parish notices. Uh, so, uh, oh, indeed. Indeed. So, uh, we should say, um, brace yourselves. You and I are getting married. <laughs> <laughs> of course we're not. <laughs> Sorry, I've ruined that, haven't I? That was a big build-up and I've just ruined it. I've, I've, I've undercut it, haven't I? Yeah, I've, I can't top that because all I can say is we're doing a special series in December now. <laughs> 
<laughs> we have our listeners, you know, frantically googling our wedding list and uh, trying to buy us all the spoons we need. But no, we are, would we be would we be the Morgan Evanses or the Evans Morgans? So I think it would be Evans Morgans because it's more phonetically <laughs> correct, even though yeah, yeah. Even the though, Morgan yeah. Evans doesn't sound right, doesn't it? It doesn't sound right. The Evans Morgans sounds better. No, it doesn't. It's the Morgan Evans now here. It's the Morgan Evans. Yeah. If, if there was Evans, if there, Morgans, if, is if it? we were if we were a gang of desperados, a very small gang, because it would be <laughs> yeah, we'd be known as the Morgan Evans, perhaps. the Morgan Evans gang. Wouldn't be known the as Mor- the Evans Morgan gang. Yeah, the Evans Morgan gang. Yeah, that's right. No, the Morgan. But anyway, we're not getting married. I, I think so. I, <laughs> <laughs> I've got Let's... to cut this. This is five minutes of us discussing which order of <laughs> in the event of marriage slash outlawry. <laughs> outlawry. outlawry. Wow. <laughs> From in-laws to outlaws. Very good. 